Quiet on the set. Action. everyone and welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, a show produced by Hot Chocolate Media where we make up a movie for you very fast based on a random suggestion from the internet. I am joined by the Hollywood elite today. We have our writer, David Elwin, who is Billy Connolly's accent coach. We have our director, Ben Lifson, who is Michael Fassbender's eyebrow masseuse. And we have Kyle Decker, our producer, who is Mike Myers' Reiki therapist. Welcome, gentlemen. What's happening? Right. Seriously, seriously, what's happening right now? I don't, I don't know. Is this a? Oh, it's a podcast. I got you. I, I know what's happening now. So here is your prompt. The theme of this story is a humorous adventure. The main characters are a courageous merchant and a depressed gambler. The major event of the story is addiction. All right, so I'm kind of thinking uh, this is this is very clearly a western. I think that this is kind of screaming western to me already. What I'm picturing, right, is a something that looks at the first 15 minutes of the script like it's about to be the Magnificent Seven, like the new one, you know, and then it takes a veer, takes a hard left turn, t- turns that horse way to the left, and then it comes kind of like a like a western action buddy comedy. And I'm thinking that there's this, I, w- I want to say a dairy merchant. I'm, I don't know why I'm leaning towards milk. Mil- milk is good for you. You know, we, need, we, we promote good messages uh, in this film. So milk merchant and a, I mean, this could be your average, your kind of western trope of like the interloper coming in from the outside and everything. Or this could be somebody who's kind of past their prime and, you know, way past their awesome glory gunslinging days. And it's like somebody's embarrassing uncle, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking just a complete fuck up by this point. Complete fuck up. But uh, there's a thing that the milk is so goddamn good that everybody has to have it. And when the supply is threatened by, I let's say, bandits or something, then this has been and this young, feisty, I want to say, like, early 30s milk merchant spring into action. There's the parallel, of course, between the gambling addiction and then the milk addiction because milk is so goddamn good. I really want a glass of milk right now. <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Now, as for casting, if I may make a suggestion, leaning in the, I want to say, more creased Daniel Craig realm of things. Daniel Craig-ish, more creases. For who? Uh, the, the, the depressed gambler. And uh, as far as somebody like the uh, milk merchant, I, I want to not call her a milkmaid, but I'm going to end up calling her a milkmaid. So feisty milkmaid is going to have to be somebody why want to say not quite Emma Stone territory, a little west of Emma Stone territory. All right. Do you have a title for this piece? Title I want to say is the cream of the crop. All right. So, Ben, you've got a draft for The Cream of the Crop, a story that parallels Mm -hmm. milk addiction and gambling addiction. What do you think? So, first off, I'm just going to scribble off those acting suggestions. I don't know where this writer thinks he is coming from to think that he has the right to say such things. I have an image in my mind um, when I'm writing the script. So, for our gambler, we're going to go with Oscar Isaacs. Think, uh, you know, we can throw in a thing about why 
you know, why he's British in the Old West. Because there were British people in the Old West, you know. He can do an American accent. He's, he's no, the, no he, we don't hire Oscar Isaacs and have him not have a British accent. That's just like, why would you do that? Is there more than one Oscar Isaac? <laughs> I don't think so. Because if he's got a twin, I say we use it. Okay, so what did I just say? To you? <laughs> um, and our milk merchant, I'm going for Sally Hawkins. Play it pretty well. Sally Hawkins, remind me what she was in. Blue Jasmine. Okay, all right. For everyone who saw that film. Now, the problem is that people are bored with the look of the old Western films right now. Like, you see them most often, I think, with, like, comedies and stuff. Because, and I think, this is just a little controversial, but people might not be able to take a milk story in the old West. And if we played it super gritty, people might not take it as seriously. I mean, that's just my opinion. So I'm thinking we're really going to play up the idea that this is like the Hollywood idea of the Old West, you know, like the really old, you know, singing cowboys kind of style, you know, just like super hokey, super cheesy, sort of play it as if like we'll even shoot it on, you know, to make it look like if it's an older film. And I think, I mean, the Academy Awards gave a bunch of Academy Awards to that black and white film because they were like, oh, it's a silent film. We love films that talk about how great old films were. about the artist? Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe that film was also good. I don't know. I'm going to shoot this as an old send up to like this completely goofy, wacky version of the old West kind of films. And they'll like, oh man, I like that because there's old references to old West things. Yeah, I'm just going to maybe throw in a couple songs there, singing cowboys, throw in some badass rope tricks. And going to keep the cream of the crop because I think that works perfectly. Excellent. And that'll even become a recurring thing where it's like, boy, you're the cream of the crop. Oh, because he's going to have like a little boy sidekick too. <laughs> <laughs> an adorable urchin child? Yeah. I can make an adorable urchin child happen. All right. So, Kyle, you've got a treatment for The Cream of the Crop starring Oscar Isaac, or is this Oscar Isaacs? I'm pretty sure it's just the one Isaac. Okay. Yeah. Just double check. The Oscar one who Isaac, played the lion. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar Isaac and Sally Hawkins. What do you think? Is this working for you? How can we make this thing some money? Uh, and I think, uh, you know, we've decided to go the goofy musical. So the casting's just completely wrong for that. Like, Mr. Isaac, or Isaac Isaacs, we'll figure that later. He's too talented for this movie. <laughs> like, he's too serious of an actor. He played in Aragon. Uh, yes, that he was... He played what? That movie was terrible. It's written by a weird homeschool child that has no socialization, so of course that book is weird, and the movie's even worse. <laughs> so uh, our gambler is instead going to be played by Jeff Daniels. D- Jeff Daniels? Jeff Daniels, because we want to crust the old gambler who's also goofy. How many creases in Jeff Daniels' face at this point in his career? Because uh, I'm thinking few. a lot of creases. I just want... Indeed. Rich's creases. Yeah, he, he's quite... Yeah, he, he will fit the role better, especially if we're going black and white, old-timey film stock. Jeff Daniels is kind of a, a cartoon character in and of himself. And then uh, I want to change the lead to someone who has chops but also has some humor. And sadly, your lead offers success on the, the new Del Toro film in The Water Thing. The Shape of Water. Shape of Water. She's also doing currently working on the next Godzilla film, King of Monsters. We couldn't get her. She's too expensive. So we're going to take someone who's fresh off the success of The Defenders and put Rosario Dawson in as the lead. By the way, he was doing uh, finger quotes. I just want to say to our readers, listeners. I could hear those. Not transferable on radio. I have a little money. We're going to have Lin-Manuel Miranda write all the songs. 
for the movie. Oh, that's gonna um, be great. And 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 we're gonna have him play a role as well. He's gonna play a, a the urchin. Yeah. Well, I was thinking more. He's good. Of, He's not that good. Okay. A, a cantankerous uh, sheriff who is kind of on to their jive, if you will. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and there's an urchin character. Did I miss that? Or, no, the little adorable urchin. Adorable urchin adorable character. Adorable urchin yes. character. And whoever you cast is fine. Child actors are a dime a dozen. I honestly forget them after three minutes until I see their mugshots. Let's <laughs> give this a budget. We have Lynn Manuel Miranda, so that's all the Hamilton fans are going to show up. Which is everybody. All the Dumb and Dumber fans will show up because of Jeff Daniels. Which is everybody else. And all the Marvel Marvel Netflix people will show up because of Rosario Dawson. So let's give this a $100 million budget. Okay. Uh, right. The music should star. Just don't let your stuff get in the way of the music, please. So, right. David, you've got some details on how to make this thing happen. been amped up into a campy comedy musical. You've got a new, fresh cast and some new directions. Yeah. Um, what do you think? i got to say, uh, I'm not disappointed. I had thought something more along the lines of, like, you know the Magnificent Seven where people are getting, you know, Gatling gunned against a wall, but funny, right? But anyway, no, I like this. I like this. I, I can make this work. So, I get to work with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Are you saying that I get to, like, I get to breathe the same air as him from his possible mouth that's not my call but that's up to kyle okay cool i'm just gonna choose to believe that i do <laughs> oh, yeah. so uh but no we'll address I, that well the the thing is that he's that it's he's a really great lyricist and um a musician so i, I I'm, I'm gonna be very privileged to work with uh, mr miranda going back to the adorable urchin character do we want a i mean I, I can have a solo for this kid there can be uh i suppose that would be up to mr miranda but i can push for one i can push for one so like at the end of the film like turns out that you know the kid saves the day or something like that. He brings all the milk or something. All all the milk that's shaken, and then the boys, other boys. Are, anyway, um, I would like to try and have the non-musical parts be funny as well. I think that the the, the music sh- it should not have to stand on its own because then we're gonna have people who are not gonna go see the film but are maybe gonna buy like the uh, soundtrack to it afterwards. I, I think that this this film should be known for its humor. Um, as well as the fantastic, incredible dance numbers. And speaking of which, how many dancers are we talking? Well, it depends on the scene. Okay, because uh, I, I can I can make that happen. I'm picturing quite large sets uh, as well. Yeah, the saloon scene has at least like 40 dancers. I, I think that we should have some greater representation in this script. Uh, so I, I, I would very much like to consult with Native American groups in order to have a realistic and sympathetic portrayal of Native Americans in the film. I can also make that happen. This is my first script. I think that the depressed gambler absolutely needs to give not a Jean Renault from Leon vibe to his mentoring of, I suppose, the which is going to end up being the case of the uh, young milkmaid. I just want to go not in that direction. Whatever that direction is, not that. Okay. So, Ben, you've got some more revisions. Mm-hmm. You've got some dollars. What do you think? So, first, I'm going to take a, another pin to deflate my writer here, who is once again, his britches seem a bit high and thinking that as a writer, he has like a soul or something. So, I'm, I'm not saying that as an offense. You know, I know he's first time in Hollywood. My but... BFA professor told me to use my soul. So, <laughs> and that is what I am doing. 
<laughs> right, 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 of course. So, um, space too. There are two things. First off, I think that this really needs a villain. I think that, you know, just someone for him to play off. Oh, I, 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 I figured that the bandit leader would kind of like shoehorn that, right? That if we're going for every one of the tropes, then yeah. Yeah, well, I was thinking of throwing in another villain in there too, which I think can also, from the more corporate angle too, because, you know, milk and milk business so you know we're gonna get the you know the in the old west movies the railroad owner or oh well, yeah the yeah that baron the baron yeah and for that i'm thinking i know it might be a little predictable but we'll get christopher walken and have him i'm feeling you right I was about to cast him yeah and put give him a handlebar mustache and like make him wear all black in a top hat and monocle. You know, maybe we'll write his scenes as serious. I was gonna let him improv all his lines. I yeah. was gonna put in walk in in brackets right. in every one of his lines. Yeah. Well, and I like let's. Well, we'll do one where he does his own thing, and one where we give him serious lines and just wait for him to do whatever he wants. Just keep the camera rolling. Yeah. And or just see how he handles that line and. Um, you know, we'll give him a dance number, but we'll do it where he's the only one person in the scene who's singing, and just everyone long, everyone else is really just... Angry as dancing. long as he uses the exact same choreography as the Weapon of Choice music right. video. And everyone else is just, like, completely normal. Like, it's interesting, also, uh, Native American portrayal. So, good that we brought that up, because... So we, like I said, we were trying to shoot this like one of the old 50s musical Old West things. In retrospect, we may have emulated that a little too well, so it's a good that we should probably reshoot that. There are some tropes that you want to keep and some you want right. to discard. So we'll just keep that in the vault. Yeah, I think that I'm just really encouraging a lot of improv, a lot of fun moments, and I think that this will be um, a ton of fun. I also just wanted to make a suggestion... I guess for the look of the film, we could either go with black and white, or we could also go with like the early colorization kind of look. The washed out kind of. Yeah. Mm. Like they just found Coloscope. Wow. Anyway, those are my two cents. All right. So Kyle, what do you think with the revisions? Is this thing going out the door? I got to make some changes. Uh, Lynn, as always, no surprise to anyone, did a great job with the songs. There's some real earbugs, earworms, ear things. Earwigs? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Jeff Daniels can't sing, it turns out. I like him. He's wrinkly. Uh, you know who can sing? When he saw Lin-Manuel Miranda, he spent 16 weeks in a uh, cowboy adventure camp working as one of the stunt people to get into the role and really feel it. And he showed up on my door wearing chaps and six shooters and a 10-gallon hat and demanded I give him the role. So Daniel Day-Lewis is now our gambler. <laughs> I couldn't really say no to him. Uh, Jeff will take care of, he'll, you know, I'll take him out to dinner and all. He'll still get paid for, the, like, the pre-work he did. Maybe he'll get credit as, like, an understudy or something. But Daniel Day-Lewis. Turns out Rosario Dawson, not a bad singer. Can't hit the notes that Lynn wrote. So uh, we're going to cast Beyonce as, in, instead. It's getting uh, better and better. Really play up the star power, because this soundtrack's going to just be lit. Because it's going to lend Manuel Miranda soundtrack with most of the songs by Daniel Day-Lewis and Beyonce. It's going to be Billboard Top 40 all the time. We're going to make so much money off the Damn, soundtrack. Damn, yeah. Which we're heavily marketing, by the way. We, we added an extra $20 million just to produce the soundtrack. We got like a whole orchestra and like the world's best mouth harpist because it's Western music. Lynn insisted on the harp, mouth harp music. So you say, and, and, and for our Baron, Christopher Walken, I'm digging. We showed his singing chops in the Jungle Book remake. It was impressive doing, but uh, he needs someone else to 
to pair off the energy. So we're gonna we have a character that is the railroad baron's spoiled son, who is full of himself and completely incompetent. Who can sing like an angel, and we've cast Neil Patrick Harris as the role. So we've got MPH Christopher Walken. Beyonce and Daniel Day-Lewis in this bad boy. <laughs> We've added three more musical dance numbers because Lynn just couldn't stop. He was so inspired by the pile of money I dropped off at his house. <laughs> he just kept making music. and uh, So when this thing inevitably goes to Broadway and there's a Broadway touring show version of this... We're kind of doing things backwards. Usually, it's the Broadway play first, and then. But we're being bold. We're taking we're, a new direction. We're doing a musicals are making a comeback. Hamilton shows people dig musicals, so we're putting one right on the screen. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, we paid I you like, for the script after this. Yeah, I you like the idea. Just yeah, you didn't negotiate a percentage. You took a flat fee. I'm sorry, I did. bud. I yeah. took that. Yeah, you took a flat I, fee. I graduated three mm-hmm. months ago. Uh, I like the I thought, idea of the old school colorization. Pain, no. Like we'll color the whole film in old school style Technicolor. That's what we'll make it. We'll make it look like a 1930s color film, and that's it. Send it to print. All right. So I'm gonna plug the cream of the crop into the movie machine and see what happens. I will pull the lever, which sounds like an old timey player piano. So this movie is interesting. I think you meant to say amazing. The The soundtrack does very, very well. The The music is popular for a lot of people. Uh, it's widely criticized as fairly inconsistent music uh, because you use literally everything that Lin-Manuel came up for you. There's some good ones in there, and there's some stinkers, too. Uh, the, the best his. tracks on the album sell really well, and you, you make the... Uh, the vast majority of your money back through that. The film does not sell as well. The film does okay. Kind of falls into like that, you know, Moulin Rouge kind of space where like some of the things in the film are really good and some of the film is just very forgettable. So, however, John Travolta does say that watching Chris Watkins' dance number on screen is the most fun he's ever had at a movie theater. So you get some like second and third week traffic from people going in to see it based on that. But so, it was kind an of, old-timey Western musical. That's box office gold, right? Sure, let's go with that. What's the year 2017? Yeah. Damn it. So seeing that we are, uh, we do have a movie machine that can grant us the ability to go back or make final last-minute changes before these results come to pass, we will do one more pass, beginning with our writer, David. What would you do differently, or would you not do anything differently? Um, I, I would take out as much as I wanted. I think I would take out the adorable urchin child. I think the adorable urchin child competed too much with our leads for uh, uh, narrative space. And I think that it's best to lose. I, I'm going to have to take the or, adorable urchin child out back, unfortunately. And I am not going to tell you what happens next. But um, other otherwise, uh, I, I think that as, as long as I give... The uh, as long as I make a, uh, a a villain that people love to hate to love to hate to love, then we'll be okay. Anything else you want to add? No, I just regret signing that flat fee now. <laughs> you can go back and change that if you want. I don't sign a flat fee. All right, <laughs> this is my first project out of college. All right, you so still wouldn't get paid for the soundtrack though. Okay. All right, so Ben, what are, what are you gonna do? Any changes you want to make? Sorry, every rainbow over your head, I need to turn to a storm cloud. Okay. So... The world is a harsh place. I guess I'd get rid of some of the le- less popular songs, maybe put them in the credits, or later we can hype it up 
like a bunch of deleted scenes, like the deleted songs, and people really hyped up for it, and then they'll see them, and they're like, oh, I can see why those were cut. Darn it. That'll, down the line, will help with a bit of marketing. I think I'm going to put a framing device, too, at the beginning and end, where maybe, like, you have, like, a current art student or whatever, like, being in film, and he's like, hey, there's this old movie, and they're going to watch it, you know, whatever. Just so I think people might have a stigma of watching an old-timey Western, but then people can say, like, oh, no, it's not an old-timey Western. It's a modern movie about someone watching an old-timey Western. I mean, that'll trick people, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be fooled. Right, exactly. I don't know. I mean, really, with a musical thing, they get more money from the marketing of Star Wars than the actual movie, and they, they make a ton of movie on that. So, I mean, if we're making a movie that doesn't do well, but the stuff coming out of it does really well, then I guess it's a success either way. And maybe this will go to theater down the line. Might play better there. Get a revival 10 years from now. Yeah. I hope. All right. Kyle, any last-minute changes? Oh, yeah, I, I, I think I can save this one. I got a full plan. So, like, just kind of giving Lynn free reign and putting everything, and I realized the final edit coming in at 3 hours and 45 minutes might have been too much. That might be on me. So we're going to trim it down to 90 minutes of just Lynn manuals best from the soundtrack and, and tie the plot together. And then we're going to launch in conjunction with the uh, Alamo Drafthouse chains along around the thing, uh, a sing-along tour series where MPH and Christopher Walken, they're the only two that would sign on for this. The others are Beyonce and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is working on his next film. Uh, I think he's currently working on a, in a fish market in Seattle. I think his next film is going to be about a fishmonger. Couldn't, he's off the grid, no cell phone. I think it's a period piece. He's, he's currently, yeah. Daniel Day does what Daniel Day does. Anyways, but, but MPH long. and uh, Christopher Walken will do sing-along tours when we'll sell premium prizes to those tickets along with the Alamo. Fill it in, 90-minute cut. But all, all the, we filmed all of those other dance numbers and recorded all those songs, and they will be on a bonus double album. Uh, you can buy separately bonus double album, but we'll release everything on Vivo music videos that are heavily monetized on YouTube. It's in this Lynn Manuel stuff. It'll get so many plays. We'll rake in so much dough from YouTube advertising. On top of the ticket sales and the 90-minute final cut of the film means we can do more showings during the day of just Lynn Manuel's best songs. And we literally will just be printing money. Uh, we'll make T-shirts, you know, cream of the crop T-shirts. We'll even do a partnership with Kemp's to to do a special label, collector's edition. Collect all of the gallon jugs, and we're set. All right, your soundtrack does even better now that there are some uh, some stinkers that have been cut, or at least moved to a, a B sides to at least several years after the, uh, the movie comes out. Your movie definitely does better in theaters. There's less filler around the edges, and you can definitively say that this is by far the highest-grossing musical about milk and gambling. <laughs> there you have it, folks. The cream of the crop. Thanks so much for joining ha, us. And as take always, that milk dice right. had the top title for too long. Don't don't judge me on on my first word. Hire me, please. Hire me. And as always, we will leave with a quote of wisdom from our patron saint, Guy Fieri. This travels well in that jeep. Goodbye, everyone. What? He's like a seed. For the record, I want some shit on that.